Amen? And willing to obey. I want you to open your Bible with me. I want to just start a new series now. I want to look at the issue of destiny and purpose. I've just started to find myself getting drawn into it in the last uh, week or so. And so I, want, I thought, I'll preach on it. So I want us to have a look here. And we'll read in uh, Ecclesiastes, and Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I want to read two verses out of there. Uh, verse 1. To everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. And then verse 11. He's made everything beautiful in its time. And he has also put eternity in their hearts. Eternity in their hearts. One of the greatest tragedies in life is not that we die. Everyone dies. And that's not a nice thing. But it's actually a transition into another dimension, another realm. If you're a believer in Christ, you have no fear of death. We're delivered from the fear of death because we have an eternity that goes beyond that. But one of the greatest tragedies in life is to live it without any sense of purpose. I don't know why, what I'm supposed to do, or any sense of destiny. When you have a sense of purpose and destiny in your life, it begins to give a meaning to everything you do. It begins to create a reference for everything that you're doing, even the, the troubles you're going through, the, 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 the times when it's lonely, the times when you seem as though everything's going wrong. If you have a strong sense of eternal destiny and you have a, an understanding of God's purpose for your life, then you can understand that whatever is happening in front of you, God is able to use it in the formation of your life. So he's making a person he can work through. And we're going to look at that a little bit later, the process of, uh, of this whole thing, process of destiny, because there's a process God takes us through. No one just suddenly emerges. There's no overnight successes anywhere in life. You have to walk the journey. And, uh, but we need to actually have a sense of destiny. Now, a lot of people... A struggle in life because they're trying to find success in some kind of way. But the difficulty is what is success and how do you measure your success? And most people have a deep sense inside that somehow I'm failing. Somehow things are going, they just don't seem to be fulfilling me even though I'm doing all right. And uh, if you ask people this question, what is your purpose in life? Try it this week. It's a question I want to ask you, what's your purpose in life? Why are you here? You'd be interested at the replies you get. You ask them the question, what is your destiny? What is your destiny? What does destiny mean to you? You'll be astonished at the answers you get. But ask it. Ask it anyway. Because in their heart, everyone is asking it. Why am I here? What is my life about? Where am I going? What should I really do with my life? See, those are the, these are the core questions. There's, there's another question, there's another issue in the heart of man, and I'm going to raise that one and bring that out. And you'll find that everywhere people have this obsession inside them of, of having the ability to control their life and control what's around them. And you find it's universal everywhere you go. And there's a reason for it. It's actually something God has wired into us. But if you don't understand it, you'll abuse it. And so we want to help you have an understanding. We want to all have an understanding of destiny, what it means, and purpose, what it means, and then how to connect in our life to the purpose that God has for us. And whatever tragedies, difficulties, or apparent failure you may have had up to this point, God is able to redeem it so it actually is a building block for the things he wants to do in your life. But if you don't connect to God, of course, you have no... You, we struggle to find a sense of meaning for it. So let me just give you a definition of it. Let me give you a couple of definitions. I want you to look over in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I'm in my new Bible, so I'm having a bit of trouble finding my way around. So I have to remember where everything is now. The other one was marked. Here we go, Romans. Now, destiny. I want us to get a clear understanding about these terms, destiny, purpose. Otherwise, we don't understand what they are, 
it's very difficult to, you know, you ask, well, what is it? You've got no idea. You've got to need to be clear on it. So let me give you a couple of definitions. Number one, destiny. Destiny, destiny is a predetermined. Someone determined a course of events beforehand. Someone thought up what would happen beforehand. So when we're looking at destiny, we're, we're thinking about things that were determined even before I got into this earth. Uh, the word destiny means something a person is moving towards. You call it a destination. What, where are we moving? Where are you moving? I mean, what is your life heading towards? Can you answer that? If you can't answer that, you can't find meaning for what you're doing today. If you answer it, then you can say, well, I know where I'm going. And I can say no to this and no to that and yes to this because that'll get me there. But if you have no, if we have no idea, see, if you, if in, in our minds we think as a Christian, well, my destiny is heaven. You just fill in time till you get there, and you'll actually miss totally that heaven is not our destiny. It's a place we'll go, but it's not all that God has in mind. See, so we need to actually understand. Why we're here? What has God planned for our lives? And anyway, we can really discover that. So destiny is something. It's almost like something was worked out beforehand. When when people use the word destiny, well, destiny. It was their destiny to do this. It's almost like even without knowing it, people say there's someone or something has predetermined this is what was going to happen. It's our destiny to do this. Remember, any of you saw the Star Wars movie? You know, Darth Vader tries to say, "Come over, Luke. This is your destiny." In other words, you were born for this course of life. See? So, so we need to understand that's the meaning of destiny. It's almost like, it's like a, a course of events which were planned out. Now, so, or it is a place or a destination that we're going to. That's our destiny. We need to understand that. And I'm going to begin to have a look at God's original purpose for man next week. And when you understand what God originally had for your, mind, for your life, then you begin to understand, whoa, wait a minute. I'm not even anywhere near that. And so these, these things are extremely important. So yeah, look what it says in Romans chapter 8. Romans 8, 28, 29. Now we know, we know, we're confident. We know from experience all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. A lot of big words, isn't it, eh? Let me just pick up a couple of words there. Purpose and destiny. Purpose predestined. See, here they are. You notice here that God, see, you, you can't get a sense of destiny unless you connect to the source. And so very clearly in this verse, it tells us, you just read a few things that we see in here. Notice here, it says that we are called according to his purpose. So God reaches, reaches out to every human being and calls to them. Now, when God calls to you, he calls you to, to connect with him so he might connect you and me to our purpose and our destiny. You notice in Acts 26, when, uh, when, when uh, the Lord appears to, uh, to Paul, he says this. He said, I have appeared to you for this purpose. He had, in other words, he had, a, he had a reason, he had something in mind for, for Paul's life. And he said that I might raise you up and send you forth as a preacher to the Gentiles. In other words, 
Even though Paul had uh, done all this religious training, all this legal training, he had all this positioning in society, he was a very important man, God intervenes in his life and said, I'm appearing, but i got a purpose for appearing. And it's not just to make you feel good. It's not so you can say, I have this and I have that. It is because I want to anchor you first to me, then to your purpose. And so God firstly seeks to connect us back to him. We'll see why a little later. So God wants to connect you to himself and then out of that relationship into his purpose. He did not cause us, call us to religion. He called us to a personal relationship. Religion's men's ideas. God called us to connect with him and fulfill a purpose. Notice here, it it uses this word. It says, those whom uh, we know all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. So you notice that everything in your life, no matter what has happened or how it's gone about, God is able to bring good out of it. But not for everyone. Not for everyone. It's only for certain people. It's for those who are called and have responded to his calling. And two, we love him, which means we keep his commandments. We begin to follow him with all our heart. So if you have heard God call to you and have responded to a personal relationship, and if you are doing your best to love him by keeping his commandments or walking in his way and his direction in your life, you can guarantee no matter what happens in your life, it's all for good. Now, it may not feel like it. It may be painful. It may feel like you're in the pit of hell. It may feel like you're going through the worst season in your life. You may even feel like you're overwhelmed. That's nothing new. All through the Bible, people who were called and walked with God had experiences like that. But you don't stay in the valley. God uses the valley and the pain of the valley as part of the process that he might get you where he wants to get you, to your destination and to fulfill your calling. So the Bible says we know. Now, you should be happy about that. We know, we know, all things, all things, there's nothing, everything, all things working together. God is able to bring them all so they actually get you where he wants to get you, provided you've responded to his calling and provided you love him. He can do it. Notice that. So he's able to make all of those things. That's a a great positive thing in life. It doesn't matter what happens. Some people are worried about the finances. They're worried about global warming. I'm not worried about any of those things. I don't even think about them too much. I don't have to think about them too much. I'm not responsible for them all. I'm responsible for fulfill the call of God in my life. And you are too. See, think about that. Okay, then notice this. It tells us also, it says, and likewise, it, it says uh, that he predestined us. In other words, he had a destiny, an end point. He had some place he wanted us to get. So there's some place God wants you to get. You notice what he says, he's predestined us to something to be conformed, to become like Jesus Christ. Now, of course, this is a bit of a problem because a lot of people think, well, I used to be a big Christian, I come to church once in a while. Now, listen, there's nothing about being a Christian in the Bible. The Bible talks about something completely different. It talks about being in a relationship with God and actually fulfilling His purpose. And part of God's purpose is to shape our life to become like Jesus Christ. So what's He like? Well, there's many scriptures tell what He's like. He's not some little baby in a manger. See? People love to think of him like that. He's not some wispy God way off there. If you read about him in Revelations, you find he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He has the armies of heaven behind him. You read about him in Philippians 2. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords, and everyone will bow before him. So who is this one we're being conformed to become like? Why, he's the King of all kings. 
He's the king over a kingdom. And you and I called what to be? To be royalty. See, we're called to that. So you may have come from some other place. You may have come from down and out. You may have come from across the tracks. It doesn't matter. You are called to become royal. And royal people do royal things in life. And if you don't understand your call to be royal, you won't understand about the dominion that's available for you in life. We live out being a victim. We live out being passive. We must understand what God is trying to do with our life or where he's trying to get us. Otherwise, we can't get meaning out of it. So what happens in the church when God, you put your hand up, say, yes, I'll follow the Lord. And then he tries to work on your life to make you like he wants you to be so you can do what he wants you to do. We fight and go away. So God has called us to become something. And he's called us to do something. What we're called to become is our destiny. Okay? And what we're called to do is our purpose. See? So all of us are called the same as God, God has called all of us to be royalty. But you don't know what royalty is. We look at the queen and we think that's royalty. No, 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 no. You look at Jesus Christ and see what royalty's like. See what he's like now. See what he was like when he was on the earth. He's the king over a spiritual kingdom. He exercised dominion when he, when he brought the kingdom of heaven to earth. We're called to do the same thing. We're called. This is what you're called to. When you're not doing it, you're not functioning right. So this year we'll be speaking about bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. We need to know how to do that because we're called to it. We're called to it. That's our destiny. We'll see as we look at God's purpose for man. See? So, pre- so predestined means that someone has predetermined or decided or made a decree from eternity. So before, now get this, predetermined. So before anyone ever thought of you, God predetermined something for your life. Think about that. You're, like, you're not an accident. No matter how you entered the world, no matter what mistakes were made, no matter how bad it is, no matter what circumstance you come in, you are not an accident. God predetermined that in the 21st century, you would be here. He predetermined. He laid out the course of history. He saw the beginning from the end. And in this season, in history, you are here by his determined plan. But whether you stay in that plan is a, is a question or an issue of choice. Say? So purpose and destiny can't be understood unless we understand God. If you, don't know, if you don't know God, you see, he's the one who made me. So if he made me, he must know what he made me for. He's the only one who can tell me what he made me for. A lot of people looking everywhere. So we're destined to become like Christ, become kings. So how does a king behave? How does a king live? How does a king speak? How does a king conduct relationships? You see, we need to understand that because we're called to that. And so without understanding that, then what we tend to do, if we don't know what the purpose something's created for, we tend to abuse it. So if I gave you a, a fine instrument, you had no idea what it was, it's almost certain it would become damaged. If you understood what it was and what it could do, if you understood what it was designed for, you'd be very careful with it. If you understood how it's intricately connected and made, you'd be very careful with it. But you see, you see, so for example, you say, the stereo, you have a nice stereo, you paid all this money, got this nice stereo, a little kid comes up, they've got no idea what it's all about. It's just all lights and dials. And so that, they'll pound on it, twist the knobs and all the dials, alter all the settings. They don't know what it's for. So they will damage what they don't know what's for. If you don't, listen to this, if you don't know what your life is for, it's almost certain you've damaged yourself already. Let alone what anyone else might have done, but you will have damaged yourself. 
because you just didn't know how you were functioned, how you were called, and how God's designed us to function. So when we teach about spirit life, when we teach about how to move in the spirit, we're teaching about how to function like we were designed to function. Most people think, oh, well, you know, that sort of spiritual stuff, that's all for someone else. It's for everyone who's born in the image of God. We're all designed to be spirit people. We'll see as we get further on that stage. Okay, so let's have a look at the issue of purpose. Purpose. Purpose is the reason something exists, why it's been made, what it's designed, what, what something has been designed to do. So a purpose is, what, is the reason something has been made. So I said, well, why has God made rod? So some people say, I've got no idea. Well, of course you've got no idea. Anyone is going to tell is rod. It's rod's responsibility to connect with God and discover what have you called me to do with my life? If he doesn't know what he's called to do with his life, he will find the world will shout many ways how he can spend his life. And he'll get to the end of his life and feel this deep thing inside of regret. Somehow, I really didn't do what was inside me. There'll be many of us sitting here today, and we're not doing what we're called to do. We're doing what someone pressured us and said you ought to do, or said you shouldn't do. You start to follow the Lord, a lot of people say, oh, you shouldn't do that. We shouldn't get too serious. You shouldn't get too, you shouldn't get like that, you know. Why? Why should they tell you what you should do with your life? You actually are responsible for your life and you're responsible to discover what your life is about. And we want to help you over the next few weeks so you can begin to search and discover why has God put me on this earth? Why has God put me in Hastings or Navy? Why did he put me in this area? Why am I here? What am I called to do? Now, if you can't answer that, don't worry about that. You've got to turn and look to the Lord. He's able to actually unfold it and unravel it. And there are some things, we, questions we can ask that will help us actually decide or work that out. See, now, the purpose always comes before, look at this in Ephesians chapter 2. Purpose always comes before the creation. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Let's just remind you of it again. Before anyone designs something, they always have a purpose for it. I'll show you this in examples in the Bible shortly. And you're going to see that before any person in the Bible entered into this world, God already had something for them to do. And you'll see it over and over. And I'm going to pick out about three or four people and show you in their life how before, long before they arrived, God had already worked out a destiny for them and a purpose for them. And when they connected with him and found that, we now see them written in the Bible. In fact, the people you find written in the Bible are mostly the people who found God, found what they were called to do, and did it. Okay? They were just ordinary people. Okay, look at the scripture here then in Ephesians 2 verse 10. Ephesians 2 and verse 10. Now we are his workmanship created in Jesus Christ for good works that God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now let's go through it again. We are his workmanship. He is making something with us. What is he making? He's making a son. He's making a royal son, a royal daughter. He's making someone suitable to rule. He's making someone suitable to exercise influence in the earth. He's making us into something. We're his workmanship. It keeps going and going and going. And not only that is he making us something, he's also called us to do something. So you are created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God prepared beforehand. In other words, long before you were born, before the world began, God designed something for you to do with your life. And as we'll see a little later, he gives you passions, he gives you giftings, he gives you desires, and it's your responsibility to discover all of them 
What you love, what you hate, what you've got wired inside you, what switches your lights on. It's your responsibility and mine to discover it, develop it, and to grow in the character of God so we can totally fulfill our course. So it goes hand in hand. God wants us to change and grow as people and character. He wants us to do things he's made us for. It's very clearly in that verse there. So before ordained means long time before you arrived, God had something for you to do. And notice this, it says that we might walk in him. So it's a lifelong course. I wonder how many of us can say, I really understand my destiny. What is God, where am I going? What does God plan for my life? I may not know it all in detail. I should have at least be able to articulate some things about my life. Now, what is God's purpose for me? Why has he got me here? Why, why has he put me in business? Why has he made me an artist? Why, why has he given me creativity? Why can I teach? Why is it I good? I find it good to work with young kids. Why, why is I, I love to create things? You, you, as you ask those questions, you begin to start to discover that you're unique in the way God's created you, and he's created you to do something which is different. So we shouldn't try to copy anyone else in the church. Copy or develop character like them, but definitely not try to be them. There's only one of them. Okay, I want you to have a look at this verse here now. I want you to have a look here uh, in Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah is one of the best ones you can see because it states it ex- extremely clearly. So we're going to look at an example of people of destiny and purpose. So we see we need to know our destiny. We need to know where we're going. We need to know the purpose, how God has designed us, why he's designed us that way, what he's called us to do, because we'll abuse our life if we don't discover that. We'll waste the opportunities. Okay then, so we just saw the destiny as kind of a predetermined course for my life, something God planned before I came that I would walk down that course and end up in that place. And we found the purpose is, is why I'm here, what I'm called to do while I'm here. Okay? And all of this is a journey. And look at this with Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1 and verse 5, uh, 4. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying this, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. And then I said, Hey, I can't speak. I'm too young. I'm a youth. The Lord said, Don't say I'm a youth. You will go to all that I send you. Whatever I command you will speak. Don't be afraid of their faces. I'm with you to deliver you. Then he put his hand forth and touched my mouth and said, See, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms. And a lot in there. I'll just pick up some key thoughts in here. The first one we see is, he says, before I formed you in the womb. That word formed means literally to put together or to mold together like the potter would mold the clay. So he's saying, before you even started to develop while you were in the womb, I already had a purpose for your life. Look, it's very clear. Before I formed you in the womb, I designed you to do something. Now, isn't that exactly how we work in in the natural world? You want to boil water? Okay, got to design something to do it. And I designed something, and you can tell if the thing's working, it does what it's designed to do. Designed to boil water, and it doesn't boil water, you fix it or you throw it away. So you're designed by God to do something. You're not doing what you're called to do. You need to be fixed up. Something's not right. Just so he said before, you were born, before I formed you, notice what he said, I sanctified you, And uh, before I sanctified you or I set you apart. Set you apart means I had a purpose plan for you. Set you apart. Now, how many many can understand this? 
before you were born, God had a plan, something for your life. He said, and I ordained you, or I positioned you as a prophet to nations. Now, we're not all called to be prophets to nations. But you're probably called to be a prophet to someone or to some group of people. You're probably called to speak the word of God to someone. See? So he said, but long before you began, so notice this, before God created us, he already had a purpose. That's our responsibility to discover that purpose. Now notice here he had an assignment given to him by God. He said, I've called you a prophet to the nation. So he knew him. He said, I, I understand. When the Bible says God knew Jeremiah, what did he know? He said, I know how you're made up. I know your giftings. I know the passions you have. I know the desires you have. I know the weaknesses you have. I know the areas you're likely to struggle in. I, I know all about you. Every detail of your life, I know about you. And I have designed you for this unique job. He said, no, not me. See how we tend to fight the potter. We all say to God, oh, I can't do that. But God said, listen, I thought it up. I thought you up before you even arrived here. I had this plan in this season. As a young man, you'd become a prophet. He said, I'm like, I'm like, God said, stop talking that way. Change the way you talk. Start to talk in agreement with what I've designed you to do. You've got to start to confess, I'm a prophet. I'm called to be this. This is what I'm called to do with my life. See, if you can't say what you're called to do, other people will tell you what to do. If you can't say what you're called to do, others will tell you what to do. And maybe you'll even ask them to tell you what to do because you haven't decided to own your life enough to say, this is what I'm called to do with my life. I'm called to do this. I am not called to do that. I remember being in a huge meeting in Singapore, and there was a, it was just unbelievable, hundreds of people, and there's people manifesting demons, and I had caused all this trouble. I had caused, I preached the word of God, the power of God came, and people were being set free, and they were being delivered, and old heartaches were going, and God's power set, and I remember saying, oh, I was born for this. Something in me. I just couldn't help myself. Oh, I was born for this. Whoa. Now, no one saw me. There's so much going on. Hundreds of people, all this shouting. And I, I felt inside. I was just born to do that. But you know, when I was a Catholic boy growing up, I had no idea of that. If he had said that, I'd have laughed. Oh, no, talk to me about that. It'd be religious stuff. No, you see, you see, I needed God to unfold his plan for my life. And then it began to become clear. Oh, I'm called to do that. It's in me. It's in me. How's it getting me? Oh, God, put it there. And so everywhere I go, oh, it'll come out because it's part of who I am. And you've got to know that too. What did God put in you? And what did he wire you up like? And what does he design you to do? And wherever you go, whoa, let it get out. And if you can't let it get out, you've you got bondage in your life. Get delivered. Get healed. Don't hang on to all the baggage. Live your life to the full. That's why Jesus said he came to give us life and give it abundantly. How can you have abundant life unless you get free of the bondage, free of the bitterness, free of the hurts, free of the junk, free of negative thinking, and begin to do what you're called to do? Wow. Glory to God. I believe a lot of clap. It's so fulfilling to do that. You say, how do you... Look at that. See, he's told all these things he's told to do. Now look, if you think that's not you, look at Psalm 139. Even David said the same thing in Psalm 139. You can read the whole psalm. Psalm 139, and it says here, look, he says in verse 16, Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed before you were born in the world, before you even come into the world. 
God saw you, and in your book they were all written, and the days fashioned for me when yet there were none of them. In other words, God said, this is what he's saying. He's saying, before I was even, before as a little thing in the womb even, you saw me, and you wrote out the course for my life. My days. See, God knows exactly when I'll die. I don't need to know it. I just need to fulfill my course. I can't die before my course if I'm fulfilling the purpose of God. That's why Paul, when he's on a ship, and the ship is, go, is in a huge storm, and everyone else is panicking, he can say with confidence, say, this ship, I'm going to Rome. I'm called by God to go to Rome. So whatever happens to the ship, I'm going to be there. See, so you can't die before your time if you're walking with God in his purpose. You have something to fulfill with your life. There's a meaning for your life. It's an eternal meaning. And if you don't have that, well, you can't understand why you do what you do. Everything becomes a bore and you're looking for the next big thing, better thing, or something makes you feel good. See, so God said, you know, notice what it tells us. Before I was born, you said, you wrote my days in, in your book. So God must have a book. It's actually a scroll. In your scroll, you wrote out my life and what, I was, what was going to happen and, and the things I'm called to do. It's my responsibility to find them. And then begin to shape the rest of my life so I fulfill what you wrote down. Hey, that's exciting. Now notice what God said to Jeremiah. He said, before you were formed, I caught you. In other words, I had a purpose. I knew that in that generation it would be corrupt. It would have fallen away from God. And what it would need was someone I could use that would represent me, that I could get into the earth, into that nation at that time, that would say what I wanted them to say and do what I wanted them to do. He said, guess what? It's you. You're the one. He said, and notice, he said now, he said, oh, whoa, 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 not me, not me, not me, not me. Most times when we ask people to do something or, or look for a place of function, they oh, I can't do that, I can't do that. But I'm looking, I see people doing things I'm, you'd never have thought they would have done. Amazing. But people doing all kinds of things. Look at Dot and what they're doing now. Oh, no one would ever have thought that. And it's the, same, it's the same for everyone else. There's things God put in you to do. You'll never be fulfilled unless you do them. You can never be fulfilled unless you... So we try to find fulfillment. We can't find it outside the will of God. Okay, now notice what else he said. He said, now I set you over nations. I'll touch on this another time. Whatever God called you to do, he has given you a dominion mandate over that. In other words, whatever God called you to do, he empowered you with authority to do things in that area. You need to understand that. We'll talk about that more, about that whole area of what our authority is and how we can exercise it. But whatever God's called you to do, he gives an authority to act and represent him in that area and to get results. That's why when you discover what you're called to do and begin to do it passionately and do it for the Lord and do it out of a heart that's just glad, then what you find is you'll get results. you always get results. You can't help but get results. You have authority in that area. I see some people, and they try to run an area of the church or try to run an area of something, and it just doesn't even work for them. And you know somehow they just don't fit. Or they've got wrong things inside them that need to be straightened up. Character's wrong, or attitude's wrong, or relationship's wrong. Or something needs to be fixed. Or they're in the wrong place. You put the right one in there, whoof, away it goes. They somehow just seems to work. And it works. You say, how did it get it to work? Well, I don't know how I got it to work. I just seemed to do the right things. Because God had put a personal authority and a mandate in their heart to accomplish it. 
That's why when you're doing what you're called to do, you get real happy. Really happy. There's something inside you. Whoa! But others are striving for everything else. They've got to get some other thing, or they're trying to get they're trying to get more money, or they're trying to get a better position, trying to get higher status, trying to get someone to do something. You know, and it's not, never happy. There's no end to it. See? Okay, then here's the second one. Let's have a look in. I want you to see another. See, notice this. Jeremiah was so. Your per, Jeremiah's purpose was an assignment or a responsibility God gave him in his day to fulfill. You have an assignment from God. It's something He's called you to do. And it's your responsibility to discover what it is and do it. And as we'll see a little later, he will call us to account. Not just for how we, well, you're a good person. No, 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 it's not about that. Did you actually accomplish what I put you in the earth to get done? Did you do what I called you to do in this life so you laid up an eternal reward? What have you qualified yourself for in eternity? Ah. Oh, we'll get onto that too. Okay, let's have a look in 1, uh, 1 Kings chapter 3. 1 Kings chapter 3. I'll give you a couple more. 1 Kings chapter 3. Have a look at this guy here. Of course, yeah, there's lots of them like it, but let's have a look at 1 Kings chapter 3. I haven't got the right one. Mm. 13. 1 Kings 13, that's it. 1 Kings 13. Here it is. 1 Kings chapter 13. Now look at this. Verse 1, And behold, a man of God went from Judah to Bethel by the word of the Lord. So God sent a man with a word. This is all you ever hear. You don't even hear his name, but this is what his job was to do. And Jeroboam, who was an evil king who was involved in idolatry, stood by the altar to burn incense. And this is what the prophet did. He cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord. And he said, Altar, altar, thus says the Lord. Now look at this. Behold, a child, Josiah by name, shall be born in the house of David, and on you will you sacrifice the priests in the high places who burn incense on you, and men's bones will be burned on you. And here's a sign. This is the sign the Lord has spoken. Surely the ashes shall split apart, and it shall be poured on it. And this is what happened. So what's happened is the nation is in idolatry, and God sends a, a, a prophet to him. Now get this. When the nation fell into idolatry, it was no surprise to God. He'd already seen from eternity. And he'd raised up a man. And this is what the man's mission was. Prophesy and tell them, I will send a man. Now, this is what he said. I'm going to send a man, and his name's Josiah. This is what he's going to do. See that altar that you're all bowing down to? He's going to just burn men's bones on it and desecrate the thing. And he's going to raise up a righteous standard in the nation. 300 years later, Josiah turns up. In other words, before eternity, God knew about this man, Josiah, coming into the earth. 300 years before he was born, God spoke of him coming into the earth, and then finally he turns up. Now, I want you to see what he does when he turns up. And see, he's young. He's got a call of God on his life from birth, just like your children have. Called by God from birth. 2 Chronicles chapter 34. Look at this. 2 Chronicles 34. Okay, verse, we'll pick it up at, uh, where is verse 1 to 3. Now, Josiah was eight years old when he became the king, and he reigned for 31 years. Now, look at this. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, and he walked in the ways of his father David. He did not turn aside to the left or the right. And in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek the God of his father David. That's the eighth year. In the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places and wooden images, the carved images, the molten images. And verse 5. 
He also burned the bones of the priests on their altars and cleaned out Jerusalem and Judea. How about that? Well, now get this. See, Jeremiah had a responsibility to connect with God and discover what God had for him, and he did it. Here, now look at this guy, Josiah. Now, Josiah's an eight-year-old boy. Now, what you've got to understand is that, that, that no, in, the, in the day that Josiah was born, they had years of tremendously troubled times. The, the king had become an idol worshiper. He'd become a Satanist. He destroyed all the works of God. And what he'd done is he'd introduced child sacrifice in the city of Jerusalem. He'd introduced witchcraft. He'd introduced occult practices. And for at least three generations, the nation had been corrupt. Manasseh was his name. Now, notice what it says of, of Josiah. Josiah was eight years old. And it says, he walked in the ways of the Lord our God, in the ways of David his father. David wasn't his father. Manasseh was his father. Manasseh was a corrupt man. Manasseh was an evil man. He was a wicked man. He was a Satanist. Probably dedicated Josiah to his demons and his idols when he was born. But listen, you've got to understand this. You don't live out of where you naturally came from. When you connect with God, you have a new start and you have a whole new legacy that you can draw from. So there's no excuse for any of us to live like a victim complaining, oh well, I was born in this place or you don't understand my father was like this, my mother was like this, oh our race was like this. Listen, all of that may have had an impact but it does not determine your destiny. God does. This is what God said about the young man. He said, I'll raise him up. His name will be Josiah, the foundation of God, and he will do these things. Now, you notice what Josiah did. Josiah purposed while he was a young boy to connect with God. And he had about four years seeking God to discover his purpose. And then he arose and he began to do what God called him to do. Notice what he did. He sought the presence of God. He found a godly model for his life. He didn't use his family background as an excuse. And if he didn't, neither should you or me. We should not use the pain, the troubles, the disasters, or the difficulties in society as an excuse why we don't do what God called us to do in our day. We are called in this hour, in this nation, for a purpose, individually and corporately. And so notice what he did. He connected to the Lord God. He chose a godly model that he could model his life on. And then he discovered the purpose of God and began to do it. So he's called a godly man. How about that? What about this in 1 Peter 1 verse 18? It tells us this in 18, 1 Peter 1 verse 18 to 20. 1 Peter 1 verse 18 to 20. I just finished with this example of Jesus. Notice this. See, nothing catches God by surprise. It's like some people think, oh, he got surprised by that. Oh, no, he didn't get surprised at all. <clears throat> okay, then, let's have a look. 1 Peter 1, verses 18 through to 20. It says now, it says, Knowing you were redeemed, not with corruptible things like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct, which you got by tradition of your fathers. He said, so... Family background does lead us in an ungodly lifestyle often, unless we've got a Christian background or high values. We said, but you have been redeemed. In other words, you've been bought out of that. You've got a new start. 
You got a totally new start. God put his spirit in you, become born again. It says, you were redeemed not with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless kind, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, like a lamb without spot or blemish. Indeed, he was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. So what the Bible tells us about Jesus Christ, even before Adam fell, God knew he would fall. And he made provision. Jesus Christ was destined to come into the earth to represent God perfectly in the earth, to offer his life on the cross so men could come to know God in a personal way. And so he would be the first of a family of brothers and sisters. You are called to be exactly like Jesus Christ. When you get born again, he puts you into the same family line. You don't get adopted like your poor stray waif and you come into the family and they, they look after you because you're in trouble. No, 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 no. He puts his spirit in us and we're altered in our DNA. We become a God-type person exactly of the same kind of stock that Jesus came from. They're going to learn to live like that. Not live out of, your, up out of the past. If we don't understand that, we're going to live out of the past. Instead of living out of what we're called to be. You're called to be royalty. You need to learn how to stand, how to walk, how to talk, how to conduct yourself, and what you're called to do. Because if you're royal, you've got something to rule over, and you've got something to do with that thing you're called to rule over. What you're called to rule over is your life. Then what you're called to rule over is the area God has entrusted you as an assignment and a purpose for your life. And if you're called, if you discover it, and you begin to embrace it and begin to fulfill it, what will happen is you'll find God's authority, God's favor, God's flow, God's life flowing through you into that situation when we do what we're called to do. Listen to what Jesus said. At the end of his life, he's able to say this. John 17, 4, he's able to say this. I finished the work you gave me to do. How about that? I finished the work you gave me to do. In other words, he got to the end of his life and said, I was able to do what I was called to do. I knew why I was here. Now listen, you have to understand this. Jesus knew both his destiny and he knew also his purpose. I'll just quote a couple of scriptures and then we'll finish with that. He says, notice this. In John 13 verse 3, Jesus knew where he came from. Do you know where you come from? If you think you came out of, a, out of an evolutionary line, then how can you say you're a person of purpose? You can't. You're just an accident that turned up. But if... We were created by God. If man was created by God, if man was made in the image of God, then I didn't come into this life by accident. It was by design. Well, think about that. So Jesus knew where he came from. Where did he come from? He came from heaven. He knew where he was going. He knew his destiny. Where is he going? To heaven. And it's just because he knew his destiny, he was able to occupy the role he was called to do. He was able to serve people. See, a lot of people can't serve. You know why they can't serve? It's so simple. They don't know where they come from. They don't know where they're going to. And serving doesn't come into it. What I'm looking for is status recognition and to feel fulfilled with my life. And it's not going to be serving you. See, we, we're twisted. We don't understand about this kingdom and about what it means to be a king. Jesus knew where he came from, knew where he was going, and he knew why he was here. He said, the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. And he took on him not a worldly kingdom, but the attitude of a spiritual king. He took on him the heart of a servant. And he walked in this life and demonstrated what God is like, just like you and I are called to do. We're, both, we're all called to do that. There's not one of us here not called to do that. Not one. Not one. It is your purpose in life to represent Jesus Christ 
to represent Him in the earth, to speak, act, and live out your life to fulfill what He's called you to do. And when you do that, you find fulfillment. When you don't do that, you find frustration, emptiness, and somehow deep in your heart a sense, I've missed why I'm here. What a terrible thing to get to the end of your life and looking back, be filled with regrets that you never discovered why you were here and diligently pursued it. Because see, one day we get to end it all. We end, we end out of here and we step out of our body into eternity. And then if we don't know Jesus Christ, we're in trouble. But if we know the Lord, he has this thing to say, well, what did you do with the purpose and destiny I called you to? Did you ever discover it? Did you ever do anything with the gifts I gave you? Did you not realize when I gave you those giftings, they were to get something done? Did you not realize when I gave you that passion, you were, you were to do something with that passion? Did you not realize when I took you through those troubles, it was so you'd be prepared and there's people that you could minister to and help? Did you not realize when those adversities came that they were actually a, a favor in disguise because they began to shape you to become what I wanted you to be? Did you not realize that? Oh, how you've missed out on why you were here on the earth. See, destiny and purpose are important. They're why we're here, what we've got to do, and where we're going. And it's our responsibility to discover it, to connect with it, and to prepare ourselves to fulfill it. Father, we just thank you for your wonderful grace to us. We thank you for the anointing and the presence of God that's in this place. I thank you for wonderful people. So many wonderful people, so gifted, so, so much gifting and potential that lies within this room today. Father, I pray that over these coming weeks, everyone will feel the stirring of your spirit to lock into you and begin to search the giftings and the passions, the desires, the dreams. I'm asking, Lord, that you begin to start to unfold into this church and into individual lives the purposes you've called us and raised us individually and corporately to fulfill.